The North American Association of Celtic Language Teachers, which goes under the uh, acronym of NAACLT, um, have their conference this year in Newfoundland between the 23rd and the 26th of May. The Celtic Languages Between Two Worlds, and it's happen happening at Memorial University in St. John's, Newfoundland. A fantastic place. I always love St. John's. is beautiful. And Art McGinnicani is uh, going to tell us what the program entails and how this conference has been coming along over a number of years now and what the number of teachers across North America looks like. How has it grown, etc. Tough all your own thoughts. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jasper. Kind of slap, awesome. So May uh, 23 to 26. Right. Yeah, we've been looking forward to this uh, conference for a long time. The North American Association for Celtic Language Teachers sponsors an annual conference, and it goes generally between Canada, the states, Canada and the states, and then to Europe. And now uh, Newfoundland's kind of out in the middle of the Atlantic. It's an exotic place. We've wanted to go there for a long time, and the thing's just lined up for us this year. So we've got a tremendous program on. We've got representation from all of the Celtic languages, and now uh, we're talking there about six languages, uh, three on the Gaelic side and three on the Brythonic side. So on the Gaelic side, we've got uh, Irish, Gaelic, Scots, Gaelic, and Manx. And on the Brythonic side, we've got Welsh, Cornish, and Breton. So um, the talks are widely ranging. You know, there's so much of a tremendous influence of the Irish language on Newfoundland English, for instance. We've got talks about that. Our keynote speaker is somebody that people in Ottawa know quite well, is Aidan O'Hara, and he's the fellow that, among the other research and uh, entertainment work that he's done in Canada, is also the person who wrote the authoritative book in the Irish language about the Irish people on Newfoundland, Nagrail Idalavanesh. So he's the keynote note speaker, and we've built a tremendous panel around him of people like Wally Kerwin, uh, Parik O'Leahain, uh, Patrick Mannion, people from from the States, from Ireland. They're coming. We're gathering there at Memorial, and uh, it's going to be a tremendous time. Now, from the, from the Irish point of view, then it's wonderful in itself, but when you take the pan-Celtic approach, there's so many ways <clears throat> that we can benefit from networking with the people in the other languages. You know, Welsh, for instance, they have a movement that is so tremendously dynamic that, uh, you know, we can learn a whole lot from them. They uh, have advantages we don't have. They also have weaknesses that we don't have as well. And so while in Ireland there are actually more speakers, there are fewer native speakers and this ability to get the um, minority language in the home is such a challenge. And then you look at languages like Manx, where uh, it was claimed by UNESCO about 10 years ago that the language was officially dead. And a local uh, all-Manx school, you know, just the kids in grade school, wrote to UNESCO and said, well, you know, actually... We're not all dead yet. <laughs> and so they 
And and so they fix that. So like they have more challenges than than we do, but they're still succeeding as well. So we can learn things from them. It's a it's a great. There's no place in the world that you want to be more than uh, St. John's, and uh, because uh, this Aiden O'Hara was himself living in Newfoundland for a long time, he's got so many connections that we've got um, evenings out to the to the local pubs in small fishing villages and things like this, where we're really going to get a good taste for the local culture, which springs, of course, very strongly and unmistakably from the Irish culture of the 19th century. So, Art, I'm glad you talked about Manx because I was looking at the list of languages and saw Manx and Breton there. And I was, uh, sorry, not Breton, Cornish. Um, because I recognize that Irish, Welsh, Breton and Scots Gaelic are very, very vibrant with strong bases. But uh, Cornish and Manx, you covered off Manx. Um, I would not have considered that Cornish was still very much, if at all, I would have considered probably gone. But uh, how alive is the Cornish accent or language? Right, yes. There are speakers of Cornish, and by some definitions, there there have always been native speakers, but the uh, continuity as we see in the other Celtic languages. I, I rem- remember a talk some years ago at one of our conferences when someone referred to Cornish as uh, having the uh, uh, frog DNA. Anybody who, who's watched uh, Jurassic Park knows what we're talking about there, where there you, you find gaps in the genetic code and to revive the dinosaurs in this movie series, then they go back to the closest living relative and they try and patch things together. And that has happened in in Cornish because there have been gaps. So they've gone back and looked at Welsh and the earlier roots of Welsh. They've gone to Breton. And so they've put things things together. And there's challenges that, that they have. They're, there's a more of a fragmentation of that movement because when when you're trying to to revive something that uh, has these kinds of gaps, there's different philosophies that that uh, come to bear, and so they say, well, you know, what do what do we do? Do we go exclusively back to our own roots? Do we uh, try and modernize? What influence are we willing to accept from uh, English, for instance, and and in uh, Irish? We've got the same challenges, not in, in as extreme a case, but with the new technologies as they arrive, how do we, consistent with our own roots, create these new words to describe the way that computers work, the way that our uh, social dynamic in the, in the modern state operates? So uh, uh, we can learn from, from their experiences when they've had greater challenges. Uh, I, I find actually that some of these Cornish people are the are the very best to talk to because they uh, they they have a sense of humor. They don't take themselves so seriously. They um, understand that that there there are things that people could could look at and maybe think uh, you know this is a this is a silly thing to to do and that doesn't bother them. They they go right ahead. There isn't any ego in this at all. 
they use their language, they're proud of their language, and uh, they'll sit down and laugh with you. So uh, they're alive and well. Now, I noticed that once the actual conference ends, that uh, there's an exciting few days to follow, uh, that uh, there's an Irish language immersion tour of Irish Newfoundland on the 27th to the 31st. Yeah, this is so wonderful. Uh, the uh, original announcement that I sent out was exclusively in the Irish language. I had intended to follow up with an announcement in the English language so people who weren't fluent would also be able to um, understand completely what was going on and buy into the tour. Uh, but there was such a demand with the Irish language announcement that uh, to this point I haven't advertised in English. Uh, there have been like, just a couple of cancellations, and I am going to send out a, uh, an announcement in English this week coming. But I can tell you that this is a once-in-a-lifetime operation. The local communities have been so excited to have people arrive with a connection to the Irish language that basically they're uh, hosting us, they're putting together uh, in, in, in each of these cases, and we go to five separate uh, communities, uh, fishing villages and outposts, mainly on the Avalon Peninsula and up as far as Kings Cove around Bonavista, but they're throwing... Uh, supper for us and a Newfoundland kitchen party and taking us around as a community to the local areas of interest. It really is going to be exciting. And the way that we look at it is we're saying uh, we have had the good fortune to be able to retain our language or to reacquire our language. But there are parts of uh, what we recognize as our ancestral culture that have simply been lost. And many of those things have been retained in Newfoundland in ways even that they don't exist in Ireland anymore because uh, Newfoundland has been so isolated that uh, what the people brought with them from Ireland, they've, they've held on to, and it hasn't been paved over by a lot of the modern industrial complex and it's still there and we can go and participate in it. And so we're looking forward to sharing a lot with these people and and acquiring a lot that's going to enrich our Irish language um, movement in Canada. So uh, I hope that your listeners, if there's someone saying, gee, I wish I would have heard, heard about this uh, earlier and I am free the end of May, that uh, we can uh, sign up these people at the last minute and uh, that uh, we'll go with a, with a full contingent out to visit with our brothers and sisters in Newfoundland. Now, when you say that uh, they can sign up, I presume if I go on to sign up, that when I sign up, that I'll have the various options that would take into account the registration, accommodation, so that you're able to give me a, um, an all-inclusive package. That's right, yeah. We we take care of all of that. The um, local people in some cases are e even billeting us. There's uh, hotels, you know, the Holiday Inn isn't in Renews, for instance. Uh, but, but, but we take care of that. You just uh, 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 pay the registration fee, all of the transportation, the uh, uh, entrance to the, uh, you know, we've, we, we've got cruises that are involved in this, uh, visiting ecological sites and uh, archaeological sites and uh, 
So it, it's a it's a complete package. You know, the other thing I can say is that we've been dealing with the absolutely the right people that have been building this tour for us. For instance, when we go to Renews, which is it, you know it's about uh, an, an hour from uh, St. John's, the person who's behind the local committee and putting everything together for us is. Um, uh, a, a former ambassador for Canada in Ireland, Loyola Hearn. And so it's just completely top notch. It's, it's going to be the kind of experience that you won't have twice in your lifetime. There, there won't be opportunities for this. And when you mentioned Loyola, I know that as a, an ambassador, he did a fantastic job. But as a composer, he actually composed a beautiful song, which is very reflective of this whole concept being from an island to an island. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but the music runs really strongly through this as well. This Aiden O'Hara that I was mentioning as the keynote speaker at the conference, he's also the tour guide. And so, like he's he, he's done the uh, the research for this, but uh, there's a there's a particular song that he uh, uh, that he found and popularized. He had his own television show in Ireland uh, back in the 80s and the 90s, and uh, so it's uh, um, Pat Murphy's Meadow, and it is so classically Irish, but written in Newfoundland that uh, people have been. Uh, uh, debating ever since, you know, uh, where, where's this Pat Murphy's Meadow? I, I, geez, I think it's in Kerry. No, no, it's actually down, down in Waterford, and it, it turns out it's, it, it's just in Newfoundland. But there's just an unbroken um, string of cultural connectedness between Ireland and Newfoundland, and the the music's been been very important. The dancing's important. The storytelling. These kitchen parties are going to be absolutely wonderful. Uh, you know, uh, we'll we'll just be sitting around in a big circle. We'll have things in the Irish language. We'll have a fellow on on the box. Uh, you know, some someone else with some of the uh, Newfoundland step dancing. That's kind of like the uh, uh, the Shannon's dancing, but uh, with a with a good snort of something strong beforehand. I think you know, it, it, it's just a just a wonderful, vibrant culture that continues to exist in Newfoundland, and I, I think the people that are on the trip are going to going to see that uh, we we've got a lot to be proud of. So to take care of the housekeeping art, um, the website is www.naaclt.org, and registration is That's open. Right, yeah. And uh, I do have one other question I need to put to you, and that is, you know, when you're down there, will you be able to kiss the Kada Squelga? And if so, how would you do it? <laughs> well, geez, no, I'm free to trust. Uh, yeah, it's a tradition larger aku Marialer na na yes kagasan yes kurak. Homay lasan fermerak lave and rakfui. Can kui and janimization? How would you address yourself to a to a card? Uh, well, uh, you you know you'd. Uh, uh, I, I I don't think your experience kissing the Blarney Stone is going to be of much use. Kissing the fish isn't the isn't the right answer. But uh, uh, I I think that they've been exposed to Irish long enough that they're going to understand who we are. Yeah, so that's one that you're going to have to add to your lectionary. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indeed. And uh, wishing you all the best at the conference. And that again is May 23 to 26 in uh, at Memorial University in St. John's, Newfoundland. But it doesn't end on the 26th because that's when the Irish Language Immersion Tour of Irish Newfoundland gets underway from the 27th to the 31st. Arles, Gromila Mahagat. Thank you. Thank you.